Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar. Today, I'm uh, I'm going to talk about Satanic Panic, but before I do that, I'm going to make talk a little bit about the podcast. I've set my goals, and I've been making them pretty regularly across the board, and I'm happy about that, so I think I'm going to try to amp things up. I'm looking at uh, equipment and what kind of things I can get to improve the podcast. So, I don't know a lot about it. I'm learning as I'm going, so if you have any kind of insights you want to give me, feel free to drop me a line at the Wobblies and Wizards Facebook page or on the website itself, wobbliesandwizards.com. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully this will be a better podcast in the future. I'm working on that. Now, Satanic Panic. Those of you that are my age, older, some of you a bit younger may remember Satanic Panic when it was going on through the 80s. I was born in the 70s and getting into this stuff throughout the... Uh, look, I'll be straight up. Satanic Panic got me into a lot of what I was in. In the 80s, when they would tell me this is scary and evil, uh, I'd be like, oh, what is that? Let's check it out. Now, I, unlike uh, uh, like some of you, but unlike others, um, I grew up in a very fundamentalist, conservative Reagan household all the way. I grew up to be the opposite of everything I was raised to be, essentially, in that era. And I would go to church, and they would literally be shattering records at the pulpit and just having these big old events where they'd be destroying records, talking about how rock music is evil. I found out about black metal and Dungeons and Dragons and things of that sort from preachers preaching against it and telling us how evil these things were about Satan and everything else. And I drifted into it. When I was young and start, first started getting into this stuff in the 80s, my grandmother got me a box set of Dragon Raid, the Christian role-playing game alternative. So it was, a, it was a big part of my life growing up. Had it not been for Satanic Panic, I may not have ever found a lot of the things that I got into. You know, I was young in the 80s. I was discovering things like rock music and stuff. Uh, some of that was oddly enough PBS. I remember seeing documentaries on uh, David Bowie and the Sex Pistols on PBS when I was younger. And I ran out and got into them. The first one of the first cassettes I ever bought was it wasn't the rock and it wasn't uh, never mind the Bullocks from the Sex Pistols, but it was the rock and roll swindle movie soundtrack. And I would I had to hide it from my parents because I wasn't allowed to have this music. And I first heard it and I heard them drop the F bomb. And I was amazed. I had never heard anything like this before in my life. My father had accompaniment tapes because he would sing in front of the church and all these Christian cassette tapes. And I would hide my little rock and roll cassettes in the Christian cassette tape cases so that they wouldn't see what it was I was pulling out and putting in my Walkman. When I first got into role-playing games, I got into the Doctor Who role-playing game because magic and dragons and stuff like that was evil. So there was a, a lot of pressure not to play Dungeons and Dragons at first. But we got into role-playing nonetheless. We started drifting into the superhero games and the science fiction games, things like Robotech and Heroes Unlimited. Eventually in 1990, we really got into riffs. My buddy was excited that as those were coming out. Made a big deal as the first couple Rifts books came out, such as uh, Vampire Kingdoms and the Atlantis. If you're familiar with that line or those games, you know what I'm talking about. The first time I actually did play Dungeons and Dragons was in 1993, quite a few years after I had started role playing. 
Well, when I was a kid, you know, in the 80s, as most of you were at the time, they had all the all the cartoons, the Saturday morning cartoons that we were into from one of the big ones at the beginning for me was the Super Friends and Superpowers cartoon and the old Marvel ones that had a kind of shaky uh, still animation stuff, almost like they were cut from the comic books. I was really into those superheroes. So this, the nerd culture world was a big thing for me. My father bought me comics early on when I was very young. I didn't... I was reading comics since the very early 80s, uh, getting into it. So the nerd world was, was very much my world. I lived three houses down from the library in Cleveland, Ohio. And I'd go up there and, and books. And they also had a lot of comics at the library. they get all the comic subscriptions every week, and I would read through them. And I'd read through old, you know, all the mandatory stuff from the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drews to uh, all the... Isaac Asimov and Doctor Who novels. My obsession with Doctor Who on PBS at the time was over the over the top. And there were certain elements that my parents were very persuasive that you do not watch those. He-Man was one. He-Man had the power of Grayskull. was not the power of Christ. Oddly enough, my household would not let us watch Sesame Street because of the evil secular rock music. As I started delving into things, you know, I, I discovered that a lot of what I was taught was kind of rubbish in this weird world of satanic panic, the evils of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm doing a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing game podcast now, so obviously it's something I did get into. I think that a lot of the very vocal anti-realm that was happening, these people constantly preaching about these things, the death metal, the rock and roll music, the Dungeons and Dragons and Satanic realms and all this stuff. It almost made it a bit of a mystery to me. I was curious. I remember the first time I ever heard death metal. It was a preacher on the radio, on the Christian radio, talking about the evils of death metal. And he said, you just have to listen to this. To know that it is demonic and Satan, and he played it. And I just sat there listening to it. It didn't sound like the music that I heard in church all the time. It was very different. I was intrigued. I would later get very much into that death metal and very much into those Dungeons and Dragons. of shelves and shelves of these old books dating back to the 80s that I've been picking up and buying for, for decades at this point. Satanic Panic. The Dungeons and Dragons players, when I was in school, um, I went to, I was sent to a, 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 a private Christian school, which was barely a private school. It was pretty much a church basement. <laughs> um, calling some of these places when I was sent to an elementary school before I was put in normal schools, a private school is almost a joke. Uh, it was more of religious indoctrination, very cult-like situation that we were in back then as a child. My parents had, had dragged us into. Uh, when, I, when I got out into the world and started discovering and exploring things myself, I, I'd have to say that the whole narrative of how evil and satanic these are um, made them only a little more mysterious, a little more forbidden, a little more interesting. And as a kid, I had a tendency to rebel against what I was told quite often. You know, 
My children are very much the same way. Sometimes it drives me up the wall, but I'm very understanding of what's going on. I said, ah, I understand. I went through this exact same thing. I ended up getting into Dungeons and Dragons, punk rock music. Now, the satanic panic thing, I know that some of it lasted later on, decades down the road when the Harry Potters and stuff came out. I think there was church groups boycotting that and all because of the evil little wizard kids. Uh, it's very much a thing of the past, I feel, at this point. Think that most of society has gotten over it, but it was impactful of me as a kid being into things like Dungeons and Dragons. On one hand, it was evil and satanic by the church culture that I was raised in. On the other hand, when you went to school, it was not very cool and you got made fun of and you were a nerd. And being a nerd when I was a kid was not a good thing. Nowadays, you hear about nerd culture and nerd this. It was a point of torment for me. And sometimes and oftentimes, a thing that I had to try to hide around other kids because I just didn't want to be laughed at and made fun of. I already had Tourette's syndrome. I couldn't walk into a room without getting attention. I couldn't walk into a room without someone noticing, there's the kid over there making the weird sound and jerking around all funny. I was always the center of attention when I walked into a room as a kid. I couldn't get away from it. So being into nerdy things only compounded that made it suck more um there's a part of me that that kind of took those experiences as a kid and feeling rejected made fun of an outcast and turned that into empathy for others and realizing that we should probably hear what other people are going through and listen to them and not and not dismiss it have have consideration for others who are different. And I felt very different being the only kid in school with Tourette's constantly walking in. Outcasted, I felt. So I said, others told me that, you know, they were experiencing forms of outcast and neglect that were very different than my own. I said, maybe I should listen to them. Maybe I should hear it. I spent all this time being told what I was getting into was demonic and evil, that I'm a bad kid, that I'm strange, I'm a nerd, I'm odd. Perhaps I should, perhaps I should have patience and listen to others. Instead of automatically coming into a situation assuming that I, that I have the answers and I know everything and, and I can do whatever I want and throw my weight around, I should probably hear people when they say, well, well that's a problem, that bothers me, that's kind of hurtful there. I know that when I was a, a nerd kid growing up, it wasn't a point of pride like it is now where people are, ah, there's nerd culture and we get to dress cool and we get lots of things, you know, lots of conventions and all. When I was a kid, it was alienating. Um, I'm not comparing my being a nerd to what somebody goes through because they are born different than others or because they are a different race than is the main majority dominant or because their sexuality is different than what's accepted in society. I am saying that it did make me or make me able to be able to stop and listen to others and think maybe all the people that are the same way that speak negatively about somebody because they're different, maybe they should stop and listen and consider the other person. Maybe all those people, those preachers that told us we were going to burn in hell, burn in hell and we were going to hell because we played a game or because of who you loved, 
Maybe those hateful voices weren't right. And maybe I shouldn't duplicate that. Maybe I should listen to the person who's different than me going through something else that I'm not going through. At least that's what I took from growing up. Satanic panic. That's what today's thing is on. And I know I kind of weaved it into a hundred other things. Just a quick memory of the satanic panic. I got a cool patch in the mail the other day. It's in the, the font and style of, of the Stranger Things logo. And it says satanic panic. And I'm going to have to put that on my game bag. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please share it. Um, check out our website, wobbliesandwizards.com. Give us a positive review somewhere. And keep those dice rolling.